This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. In Persefiyetse, Yaakov Avinu takes his uh, famous detour. His father tells him to go get married, and he makes a 14-year stop in uh, in the Beis Medrash on the way uh, at the Beis Medrash of Shem Be'ever. So there's a a vart that's said by many, and by us it's known B'Shem Rabbi Yaakov, but I think uh, there, there are a number of svarim in, in uh, different mitzvahs of Klai Yisrael that say the same idea. Uh, they ask why, uh, why he had to go to Yeshiva Shem Be'ever. He learned for uh, till age 66, which, till age 63, which is pretty good. And uh, why he had to learn 14 more years? The question also is, if he had to learn 14 more years, why did he, uh, why did he go to Shem Be'ever? He was learning by his father all the years. So Yaakov writes that, uh, here's his site, that is the Torah of the Beis Medrash of Yitzchak and the Torah of the Beis Medrash of Shem Be'ever. He doesn't mean that in Yitzchak's base Medrash they went slowly and in Shem they covered ground. Uh, what he means is that the, that the Ashkafa of, of a Jewish, uh, of, uh, of, of the life of a Yid was different in the base Medrash of Yitzchak than in the base Medrash of Shem Yitzchak Avinu grew up in Avram's house. He never really... Uh, Never really went out. Even when it came to his shidduch, they sent Eliezer to bring Rivka back, and uh, he wasn't—he uh, didn't have the challenge of the of the outside world. So y- Yaakov Avinu learned in the base medrash of, of Yitzchak, but he wasn't prepared to go to Lava. Nothing in the in the Mahalachachayim of of the base medrash of Yitzchak Avinu prepared prepared Yaakov to go to a base Lava. See, so detour to the base bench of Shem Ve'ever, not that he spent his whole time being coached, but he went to a base medish where the whole Derech Hayadus, the whole Derech Halimud was to prepare. Shem Ve'ever grew up in a world of, of the Mabel, a world post Mabel, a whole world around them that was, uh, that was Mushchis. And, uh, and there was a preparation for being out among, among people that are not from, among people that are anti from. So to go to Lavan's house, he had to be prepared. And that's why he went to Beis Medrash Hashem Be'ever. So he's basically saying in, in 21st century, the words is that when you're in yeshiva, so you learn a yadus when you're among from people. Now, and if a person has to go out to work and he's not zeichet to, to work in a from environment, so suddenly he goes out somewhere else and he's totally unprepared. That's basically what uh, what uh, what uh, what Rabbi Akiva is saying. So if you spend your years in yeshiva, you want to go out to work somewhere, you got to take a detour. You have to find. We're going to find the base medrash of Shem these days. It's hard to find. You got to find a base medrash where they uh, they prepare you for for, for the world, and uh, very very difficult. So it's something of a challenge. So I don't know. I'm not uh, in the base medrash of Shavaver. I'm sitting on that bench in the base medrash uh, all my life, pretty much the same bench uh, for many decades. And uh, I don't know if I'm the one to tell you, but 
I mix with people who are out in the world. And I've seen uh, fellows come through, through the yeshiva and go out into the world, and uh, I've heard some of the challenges. So I'd like to try as best I can to talk a little about uh, what they might have taught in Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. What do we know? Is there anything we know about the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever that's different? Do we know anything from, uh, from the Torah about uh, Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever? We know one thing that was different those 14 years than the previous 63 years. Rashi says, what? <laughs> Rashi says, uh, what's the passage? So Rashi says, the 14 years in Shem Avery, he didn't go to bed. He learned, uh, he learned late into the night until he just fell asleep. But what does that mean? He was such a big masmid, he didn't go to bed. What about the 63 years before? So people tell me, over there his mother was around. She didn't let him. She made sure he went to bed every night. So, uh, but, but Rashi says clearly that the 14 years he, 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 pushed, he pushed himself at night. It sounds very much, if you're going to tell me that the yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever, Shem Ve'ever is something that uh, teaches you something for when you're busy all day in the world, uh, that you don't have in the yeshiva of Yitzchak, that's the one thing we know. To, to push yourself late at night when you're exhausted, uh, to be able to learn. If a person's day is occupied with uh, Mili di Alma, uh, being busy with his parnasa, so for character, the nights have to, the nights have to get later. The nights have to, have to be nights of, of accomplishing. So that's the one thing that's goalie in front of us that that was clearly said by uh, that was clearly said about the yeshiva shemdeiv. Now, as an eitzatayva, it's better to train yourself to get up early in the morning than to stay up late at night. First of all, there are six weekday mornings in a week, and there are only five nights. People who have a morning chavrusa, there are six weekday mornings, only five nights. Second of all. You have weddings at night. There are no weddings in the morning. You have a chavrusa, he has a wedding, he has a bar mitzvah, he has other things. If you have a chavrusa early in the morning, then you have a chavrusa early in the morning. It's, it's just more, uh, uh, more constant, more kavua. There, there are less distractions in the morning. So it's a bit of a change because yeshiva light are not used to, uh, not accustomed to, to getting up early. It has to be something that you get yourself used to. I was fortunate. I grew up in a, house, in a home where everybody just woke up early, and it was just uh, the, way, the way I was raised. And uh, so, we, so I got used to it. Uh, so when I was in the Masifta, at least in ninth and tenth grade, I woke up early. And we had a chevra. We played full court basketball from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the gym. There was no competition. No one else was there. And there were, there were about 12 of us. So every day we made sure to have exactly minions, full quarters, five against five. I would play basketball, ninth and 10th grade, 11th grade already. I started to, uh, uh, to learn a little more. But you can imagine, by the time we got to class, we were uh, ready for a shower and a, a good night's sleep. But uh, I don't know. Getting up early is something it's good to get used to. And not just for the basketball, but for the... Uh, for life. It's something good to get used to. And um, 
I don't know. You have to get to sleep on time in order to get, in order to get up in the morning. But still, it's, it's something that... Um, all right, Yaakov didn't have to get up. He fell asleep by his, by his safer, but uh, he was up in the morning. It's something a person really has to set his mind on uh, to be able to have a decent, a decent time to get up in the morning. It's really not, not the cover of an yeshiva to be walking to Minyan when uh, any working person is already on his way to work. Uh, people go to Minyan, uh, I don't know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, even later. It's, it's, not, it's really not covered. If you go, you should put your tefillin in a bag. People shouldn't see. They're, they're on the way to work, and they see that, oh, he just rolled out of bed. And he's a working fellow. He already learned his hour with Yaimi, and he already davened, and uh, maybe got his kids off to the bus, and he's heading out, and he had this, you know, this young man just waking up. It's, it's just not covered at Tyra. It's not, it's... If you do it, because you stayed up late to learn the night before, probably... Just put your talus or your tefillin in a bag. Don't walk in the street. It's just, it's just not nice. It's just really, it's, it's not nice. It's, it's, especially if you're walking in the direction of Avenue L and East, uh, what is it, East 8th Street or 9th Street there. So everyone knows where you're going. It's, uh, it's much, it's, it's really not bakavadik. And uh, it's an important thing uh, in time management to be able to, to, get, to get used to being able to get up in the morning. It's just a, it's a, handy, a handy tool to be able to do. There's something else. One thing is getting up in the morning. The other thing that you don't have in yeshiva is to get used to being machshiv a 15-minute or 20-minute seder. Like when the Sudharma hour is long, so you come, you come 15 minutes early, you come 15 minutes later. It's not the uh, Mabakah. A 15, 20 minutes say that doesn't have a Hashivas. But someday, if they will come, you're going to have to spend most of your day in a working environment. And you're going to have to spend your time uh, busy, with family, with children. There's going to be a, a point where where a 15 or 20 minute say there's going to be something that's, that's very, uh, very important, very chashuv, and you have, to, you have to get used to it now. You really now, even though you have plenty of time, you find a way to be mashuv such a seder. One of my sons is working. I have with him a seder every afternoon for 20 minutes. Uh, we're learning Mesech Shabbos. It's going to take us a while to learn the 20 minutes a day. But uh, I'll tell you the truth. I, I started with him. He, he was learning learned in Lakewood for probably five years after he was married. He went to work. And he learns at night. But in the afternoon, he, you know, he said, let's, let's try. Try a 20-minute Seder. So we have, we have a 20-minute Seder. And I'll tell you the truth. We started from Parak Hazairik. We just finished yesterday from Hazairik, which is uh, 100 plot into the Masechta. But from there, we finished till Kufnun Zayin just yesterday, and now we're going back to do the first part of Masechta. But 20 minutes a day, it adds up. And we only do four days a week, not even five. But it's good for him, it's good for me. If you have a 20-minute Seder and you march of it, you also don't battle during that time. It's the whole Seder is that long. So I think it would be a, a good training uh, to take somewhere. Even if you're going to tell me, I'm going to take 20 minutes Seder, I waste so much time. Forget all your excuses. Just take a 20-minute say to find some set time in the day 
And a chavrusa, maybe you have a friend who went to work and can do it. Not everyone can do it wherever he's working. It's got to be a boss who's uh, understanding of it, who allows you to do it. But, uh, but, but try. Try to do it. So, getting up early, having a 20-minute seder, and, and the third thing is travel time. Traveling time should be used for learning. It, if, if you're going to Lakewood, you're going to Muncie, used to be a trip to Lakewood was an hour and 20 minutes. Today's traffic, it's an hour and 20 minutes to get out of the city. It's a, it's a lot of time. There's a lot you could learn. There's a lot you could learn. You have to prepare. Your car has to have a shiur. And I noticed that even when you're driving just around, around town, just picking up a child by a, by a babysitter or going to a store, if I have, I mean, I still have the old-fashioned, uh, I don't have tapes anymore, but CDs in my car, an hour CD, it gets, the hour, an hour gets used up very quickly. You're driving, picking up, going somewhere, waiting for somebody. The hours. So it's important that that you get you get sure. It has to be sure that interests you. It has to be sure that interests you. And uh, I happen to know some very good sure that are available on the recordings, and if anybody wants. But the uh, but there's so much out there. But if you don't plan, you don't have it. If you don't plan, you don't have it. So the Yitzharish tells. Yitzhar first got rid of the tapes in the cars. Now he got rid of the CDs in the cars. Okay, so you have to get a, you have to get a flash drive with Shirim. But uh, it's time. It's always time. When a person is working and his time is limited. These are three areas in, 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 time, in time management that, that we should work on. You should work on wherever you're holding it by getting up in the morning. You work on it. The main thing getting up, it should be the same time every day. Whatever time you get up, the kfiyas comes when it's the same time. Don't one day get fafromt and get up two hours early. It's next day it's going gonna, it's gonna to collapse. Find a time that you could, you could have a kfiyas to get up and, uh, and get used to it. Have a kfiyas and hopefully you'll be able to get up earlier. And try to find yourself uh, somebody that you could do a 20-minute seder with. Maybe you have a friend who's going out to his outworking. And if, if, he's, if he can, if he can take 20 minutes, maybe during his break, and learn with him. And, uh, and the third thing is the travel time. Don't waste your travel time. Why, why should you waste it? Why should you waste the travel time? So these are three eighths of uh, the time which is Rosh uh, Farishin, a person's life is the time he uses. And uh, you have to put your mind to it. By itself, it gets worse. If you don't do something about it, it gets worse. And there's a concept called entropy. Entropy means that in the, in the physical world, if you don't put your mind to something, it, it falls into an increasing state of chaos, of disorganization. Don't, if you don't put your mind to make something good, it falls apart. That, that's, a, that's the concept, and it is that way. A second area, if you're going to end up in an environment that's not a firm environment, you have to know something about f- food. Weed kosher. 
And we only eat kosher. And sometimes, again, I hope you'll be zaycha your whole life to be in a firm environment. But if you're not, probably the single most important thing to do if you're working in a company or there are other people there, if they, they're willing to accommodate you and order food from a restaurant or airplane food or I don't know anybody would want that, but the, they're willing to accommodate you, say no. I'll tell you why. When they want to accommodate you, they're being very nice and they mean it sincerely. I'll tell you what ha- how do I know what happens because I get the phone call. Somebody calls me, he says, you know, I'm at work and they're having a meeting and they said they're going to order from the kosher deli five blocks away. What happens when the food comes? So they unwrap it. They have no have a meaning. You, you're not allowed to trust them, right? If they put it on your plate, it's already unwrapped. You can't rely on Goyim to tell you it's from a kosher place. So they're going to unwrap it and say, oops, you unwrapped it. I can't eat it. Why can't you eat it? Well, maybe you switched it. Look at you like you're nuts. You know, you're going to ask me, do I think they switched it? No. But you're still not allowed to eat it. I'll eat it. I remember I tell people in, the, in 1991, some of you were still young at that time. Uh, 1991, I worked for Art Scroll from Shuas till, uh, till El. Uh, for the Art Scroll Shas, I was, I was involved. And Erevin was coming out. All the time, and it was the first real mesech that they put out Marcus, which was like a, the, the original pilot effort. And then Erevin was going to make it for them because Dafiyami, everyone needs Erevin. So we were working through the night to catch mistakes and the proofreading. It was Monday; it was going to the printer. So Master Shabbos Sunday night, it was like you know, like they talk about color war. Everyone's rushing. Imagine you're putting out this and. So, and their office was down on 2nd Avenue. They ordered from, uh, from uh, 13th Avenue from a restaurant with a, with a half ship. So they ordered, I don't remember, there were probably 15, 20 people there. And uh, the food came unsealed. It came with a car service. It wasn't sealed. So they asked me, are you allowed to eat it? I said, listen. I, I told them, you call your Rav. I, I don't eat stuff that comes unsealed. That's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. Call, call your Rav on him. It, it, I told him, do I think the, the car service guy switched it? No. I'm sure he didn't switch it. But Shulchan Aruch says, you're not allowed to eat it if it comes without a seal. So everyone started calling, uh, you know, Heta shopping. It was like midnight, and uh, everyone was working hard. And uh, so... Uh, one, one Tamachachim said, if you know when he left and you know when he arrived and there was no time to stop off anywhere, that, that would be a heter. How could you know when he left and when he arrived like that? So my point is, I'm not chayish, they switched it, just Shulchanar says that you don't need things that are, that, that come without a sinner. So if you're out in the working world, don't let them accommodate you. If you want, say, I'll take care of it. Or make yourself like uh, you know a vegetarian or something. You know, like just uh, don't. If you have them accommodate you, you end up in an awkward situation, and uh, it's a big mistake. So the first thing is not to have them accommodate you.
the second question people ask me is if they put food in the in the company fridge, whether they have to double wrap it or not, or single wrap it, double wrap it. So I want to tell you a kula fashkenazim. It doesn't work for svarim. Everybody knows there's something called Basash in the Solomon Ayin. Very few people know that only Sfaradim Paskin Basash in the Solomon Ayin is Asa. Machik is Rav and Levi in the Gemara. And Ashkenazim Paskin, that Basash in the Solomon Ayin is Mutter. That's the Psaka the Ramah. That's the way we Paskin. Now, if you give it to a, somebody to transport, so it's not only meat, it's meat and fish wine, certain things, you have to be chayshu, she switched it. The dinner busters in the salmon ayin in the Gemara is even if you're, you're on a second floor, floor porch and there are no steps to the street, you're in a back porch in your house and you have a piece of meat on the plate and you go into the house for 10 minutes and you come back, that's awesome. That's the Gemara's example. That boss says the salmon ayin. Nobody, nobody was watching it. Now, we don't paskin that way. Ramah doesn't paskin it's also. The Machaber paskins it's also. I assume Sfaradim holds it's also. But uh, we hold that Pastor Nashim the Solomon Ayin is Mutter. We hold that when you give it to someone to, to bring, Machaishish Fahachlafa. We even put Simonim Fahachlafa. Kamara says that, uh, that uh, was it Rava that cut the meat, Atlasa Karnasa. Uh, you have an Elamitsius. Rubber cut the meat in the triangle as a simon. It's only one simon. I think Tyson says the cash. It's only one simon. You need two simonim. But, uh, but you, you need simonim when, you, when you're sending it with somebody. You're just leaving it somewhere. That Gemara told him when he sent it with someone. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you leave stuff in a refrigerator, you, it's mutter. You can come back, even a meat sandwich. There's no reason to say anybody would switch it. If they want to take it, they would steal it. There's no reason to switch it. Now, if you send it with it with a shliach, there's a he has to bring it. But if you leave it somewhere, so there's no chashash achlofa, and uh, it's mutter, there's no, uh, there's no iser. Nechatchila, ma'isetz machlekes mechaber even... Even Ashkenazim should better put a simon, two simonim. But the Ikra din is that it's, is that it's mutter. When there's no chashash shachlafa, why would he switch it? Ramos says there's no, there's no benefit to him to switch it. He could just take it. There's no, there's no, there's no iser uh, on baser. So, at least I'm not telling you only chumras. Uh, I'm telling you a kula as well. Uh, however, if they have at work a kosher microwave and a trafe microwave, so that, that's a problem. You can't trust the goyim to use only the trafe one. And that's an issue. So, again, when it comes to the workplace, when you're going out somewhere, the, somebody that's, that's hot, a machine that's hot, even the person goes to a hotel room and there's a curing machine. There are trafe cups not, that, uh, that are not kosher, uh, flavored uh, teas and coffees. And you can't use a guy's curate machine, even if it's in the office, uh, because it could be used to trafe. Anything hot makes it trafe. But something that's, 
something that's cold you could use, and uh, in the refrigerator there's no there's no issue. So again, Lagabi is a checklist. Okay, Lagabi time. You should try to get used to the mornings and the 15-20 minutes say there. And the and, and using your travel time. Lagabe food, you have to know the din of of uh, meat that, that that somebody telling a coworker or somebody in the office to help you is going to be a, a problem, and uh, the use of the kitchen you have to go through halachas. You have to know. Now I got in the house; it's the same problem. I have a spouse in whose house I don't eat in. They know I don't eat in the house where they where they have goyim have free reign in the house during the day and no one's home. The kitchen is apidin. You're not allowed to eat in such a kitchen. You could eat cold food, but you can't use the stove or the oven uh, because uh, the guy may have may have cooked something trafe. So people tell me, I know the guy; she doesn't eat anything trafe. All right, I don't. I don't know. I never took a poll, but the most extreme case I had is one of my mispalim who came over to me and he said, "You're so right. Why am I right?" So we have a gaita. And she's there. And we warn her all the time she can't use the kitchen. And I came home. She was using the Pesach kitchen downstairs. She said, you never told me I can't use the downstairs kitchen. The whole five or six years she was working there, she was cooking in the Pesach kitchen. Now you have to know that by Chametz, in Eine Ben Yoimai Asers also, if she cooked Chametz down there once, so... You know, you spend so much money on Pesach, but uh, but uh, we hold that is all the food you cooked on Pesach in, in the same kalim or in the same thing. They're all they're all not kosher Pesach. It's the Rabbanan, but they're all not kosher Pesach. So uh, the moral of the story is: tell them you can't use the Pesach kitchen. But uh, if you have to have a guy in the house, you have to do something. There has to be some way. Of telling them, telling them they can't use it, and of uh, having some mirtis. Chazal rely on yetsu benechnes. If you come in unannounced, different times, in different days, so that's also good. But you have to realize if a guy cooks a scrambled egg in your pot, we pass in that, that uh, eggs is bishalakum. Eggs is bishalakum. That means your pan is treif. Uh, bishalakum. We pass in kelim treif also, and. Uh, and therefore, uh, a person has to be very careful. So, time management, food. And the third thing I want to talk to you about is money. Everybody likes money. More the better. Two words that never go together are money and enough. You ever everybody say that those two words together? Except when you have to donate. It's enough of a donation. But like enough of money, don't go, yeah, Chazal told us, and Yishiyah Shaman, or Reza Masayim, and uh, as someone I'm very close to, very wealthy, he tells me very often, what Chazal said, Yishiyah Shaman, or Reza Masayim, they knew what they were talking about. They knew what they were talking about. And, um, and it is that way. It is that way. So I'm not the big expert to give you advice on uh, what to do with millions of dollars, uh, beyond that, I have some people that could use it. Uh, but I do want, from the people I've, uh, from the experience I've had, like I said, I'm sitting in the same seat, people coming and going. 
I'm a Baruch Hashem already zeichet to have already a second generation Siddiq Kedushans a couple of times. So I see people come and go. And uh, so I want to tell you something. It, it depends who you marry. But when you make more money, don't change your lifestyle. It's very hard. But don't change the lifestyle. You're happy with a certain lifestyle. Don't change your lifestyle. To me, it seems that the single biggest challenge that faces Yidden in America today is the financial pressures and the lifestyle challenges. You know, the fact is anti-Semitism. Jews have had anti-Semitism wherever we went. It's not pleasant. It's not good. You know, we just live with it. It's something that, that's existed. You know, the, the fact that uh, the society around us is perverted, we, we've been there, done that, at different levels of perversion. But the Klai Yisrael should be in such a situation where it used to be like from generation to generation, like every few years to every few years, the expectations and the needs and the necessities go up and up and up that people think they need. I don't, I don't know that it ever existed on such a scale with the amount of money people feel they need to live. Everything becomes a necessity. It, it's a big challenge. When you get used to something, it's an, it becomes a necessity. It's just human nature. You get used to it, it becomes a necessity. And, uh, and it's, not, it's not a healthy thing. It leads to Shalom Bayez problems. It leads to, to pressure and stress in people's homes. And the worst thing is it leads to Geneva and Gezelim. It leads to people doing dishonest things. Nobody would know, no from you wants to be a Ghanav. But there's so much pressure, people cut corners. People uh, fill, out, uh, fill out bills or forms that are not truthful. And, uh, you know, people tell me everybody does it. See, everybody knows people do it. I tell them, yeah, the store knows that they are shoplifters. That means you're allowed to be a shoplifter. They know they're shoplifters. Nobody would be a shoplifter, I hope. It leads to a, to a lot, a lot of difficulties. The, the, you just have to understand that there's no level where a person is absolutely happy. There is no such thing. There's always more. And there's always more. And if you're happy and you're coming to more money, just put it, put it away. And, you know, it says, the Chazal say, Ishtai, you have to give, you have to, you have to give a, more than what you could afford. So Marshal says, how can you give your wife money you could afford? You can't afford it. He says, that's the Gemara says, for yourself, less than you could afford. For your children, why you could afford it? And for your wife, a little more. So you take it off you and you give it to your wife. But the, the extravagance, extravagances, the, 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 the wild expensive trips that people take or the, uh, the needs, what became needed, it just, it's just an insanity. I don't know. I don't, don't fall into the trap of having to buy a summer home. If you have a summer home, fine. Financially, it's the most insane thing to, to do. People buy a home in the country, and their upkeep is exactly what it would cost to rent anyway. And then when they want to sell, you really can't sell because it's a chevra of friends. No one's going to buy unless he's one of the friends, and all the friends already have. They want to sell to somebody, and they don't like the person. Then you come to me for it entirely. What do you do then? 
It's, um, don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. It used to be guys were happy with beat up cars. This leasing cars, if you can afford it, you can afford it. Leasing cars is an extravagance. It's like drinking salt water. You don't have to give a lot of money up front, so you just pay every month. It's an extravagance. It's, uh, people want to have nice cars. It's, it's not, uh, not a way to, it's, it's not, it's not Bechachma, really not, just from a purely financial standpoint. You know? I, uh, I don't say everybody would drive what I drive, Nebuch, but my, my vehicle gets me where I want to go. I bought it in 2010. Leasing it would have been 350 a month. I took a Gemach loan. I paid them 350 a month. That was in 2010. By the middle of 2013, I paid it off. And that was 2023. Ten years lease, lease free. And Baruch Hashem, I don't have to fix up the scratches because I have to fix up the scratches on my vehicle. It would be very expensive. But it, it's an extravagance now. You can afford it. You can afford it. Just don't raise your level of expectations in life. If it's a freedom, if you're happy, be happy. The... the I don't know. I, it just it disturbs me, the supermarkets we have in the firm community. Goyim don't, don't have supermarkets that are made to be boutiques. It's not that way. I wonder what, what happens in the Catskills. You have Goyim. They shop in ShopRite. And all these places, you know, they smell a little moldy in the store and everything will be a little beaten up and, you know, and everything's on sale. And then they come and the firm Yidden come and they have this fancy store, and you walk in, everything is, is very, uh, very fancy, and, uh, and you got to pay for it, it, you know, like it's, and, and what are they thinking? From Jews, they're supposed to be uh, spiritual people, right? They're religious people. Don't look like that to me. It looks to me like they're into their, uh, into their money. I'm like, I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed of it, like you do it in... You go to a fancy neighbor and you have a fancy Jewish store, it's one thing. But I don't blame the store owners. They make more money this way. But why, why are the, the Yidaluch shopping in a fancy store when five, five blocks down everything is 10 to 20% cheaper? It's not a fancy store. Because, you know, we got into this, into this, into this mood of, of just being very Magushan, very Gashmistic. Now, I'm not telling you this so you can tell your wife. I'm telling you this for yourself. It's just, it's just not smart. If you get a raise, don't tell your wife. You're at work, get a raise, don't say anything. When the check comes in, you just put it in the bank, and that's all. It doesn't say anyway, you have to tell her. It doesn't say anyway, you have to tell her. It's, I, I'm going to tell you what happens when people get a raise. Someone's boss says, next year you're getting another $25,000. Tells his wife, I'm getting another $25,000 next year. She says, great, we could redo the kitchen. Maybe, I don't know if we can do the whole kitchen, maybe redo the kitchen. And then he says, yeah, but maybe we should better go for a two-week trip to Europe. And then she says, well, maybe we should get a new car. Okay, so now you want three more things. Suddenly, you need a new kitchen. Now, she's not going to be happy with the whole kitchen. You need the new car, you need the trip, but you only have one twenty-five thousand dollars, and the twenty-five is before taxes. Right. So what do you do now? So now you end up unhappy. 
This is what happens. You get a raise. They have three ways to spend it. You can't spend it on all three. And besides, inflation eats up part of it anyway. And they, people end up unhappy. It's not fiction. This is Maisen B'choyayim. And, and really, it's what leads people to, to do things that are, that are, not, uh, that are dishonest. And uh, it's just it's a very dangerous thing. I'll tell you something. If you, ever get a, if you get a raise, it's only extra money the first month. Enjoy it. The second month, it's already not enough. The nature of money is that it's never enough. Enough and money don't go together. But the second month already, it's, it's not adequate. I'm not saying this as a kanoi. I'm just giving you advice as the halachielach of life. I'm just saying it's the way it is in life. It is that way. And, and people who are happy should stay happy. I'm not getting into the rat race of uh, all of the, uh, all the fancy things that exist all around you and... Uh, just because other people have it doesn't mean you have to have it. You decide if you, you decide if you want it. If you could afford it, you want. It. But not because everybody has it. It's tremendous pressure. It's not. It's not a healthy thing. I, I don't know if this is. You know, my my information about social things is for my Shabbos guests. It's not abroad, but people would say, "Are they flappishy?" You ever heard the expression? They ask me, oh, "Are they flappishy?" So I've been asked people, what does flappishy mean? And very interesting, a lot of different uptights. <clears throat> Ten years ago, flappishy meant fancy. The last few years, people tell me, I said, it doesn't mean fancy? Oh, not anymore. That's what people tell me, am I right? Flappishy is not fancy anymore. We've been outdone by others. People tell me, flappishy, no, it means something else. I'll tell you, try it when you have gas. Just ask them what flappishy means out there. You get all kinds of answers. But uh, I guess it depends if they like Flappish or they don't like Flappish. But uh, we've been outdone, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, we stay, stay where we are. But it's not. I want to tell you something. It's really geschmack to fly in a private jet. I was at a wedding in Montreal, and I've taken a late flight back, and somebody is a wealthy guy. He said, he has a private jet, he has an extra seat, come with me. Very geschmack. You don't have to go through TSA. You just go right onto the jet, and on the jet he has got sushi and all the things I don't like, but you know, it's part of the jet. And, and you land, and you go straight in, and they have a fancy car. Well, it's very geschmack. But it's so not healthy. Somebody flew a few times in a private jet. I can't. I want to tell you something. The TSA lines in the airport, they're very good for me, this. I'm not kidding. They're very good. They teach a person savlonis. Tell people to keep your mouth shut. You learn a little about how how the intelligence of the world around you compares to to what you see in, in, in the yeshiva. There's a lot to learn from from going through these these lines. It's a mosaic. It's a wonderful mosaic. It's not uh, it's not a bad thing. And uh, but but you understand what I'm saying? Once you, once once someone goes on a private jet a few times, uh, then you can't afford it. You know, he's back with the, back with the ordinary folk. You know, like it's, you can't do it. Get used to it. So, this is a little of what Yaakov Avina learned in the base manager Shoshan Vehaver. I'm certain that time management was his first thing. You know, you, you can't figure out when Yaakov learned. 
is he say, he tells Lavan, night and day, hot and cold, I was always at work. I don't know. I don't know when, did, when did he learn? He had to squeeze in, uh, I'm sure he had some Navisha tapes. You know, yeah, know probably, that he listened to on the side while he was uh, working with the sheep. If, if you don't put your mind to it, you lose it. You lose it. You get busy, you get tired, you have to put your mind to it. And the challenges of Angayim, the food challenges are real challenges. People, because uh, they're ashamed. Uh, when somebody tells you something, asks you to do something you really don't want to do, the biggest mistake is to say, maybe. Then they nudge you. You have to right away say, oh, I can't do that. I've learned this from experience. When people, uh, when people ask me for a favor, I really don't want to do it. I say, you don't have to think about it. It's not good. Then they nudge you forever. If it's something you want to do, just say no. You know, they want you to come to a party. You say, oh, no, I, I, can't, I can't make it. I can't make it. Why can't you make it? I have, I have a wedding that night. No, it's not that night. It's the other night. I have a wedding that night, too. You know? It's... Um, Say it firmly. When the food things come up, just say it firmly. And uh, money issues. I hope everyone's excited to have this in the side that everybody would, would like to have. But I just hope you use your brains, use your seichel, not, not just the gut feeling of what to do with, it, with a little bit of money in your pack. I wish you all, you should be seichel, like I am, to be kersali beis medrash all your life, or at the very least in a place with firm people around you. If you have a choice of two jobs, one is with from people and one is not, and you can afford to live on the from on what you're going to make in the from place, if it's a dead end job, it's not going to die. But if if you can make it, it's worth giving up something to be with from people. And it's Hashem. We should be zayichet to know the Torah, Torah Yitzchak, Torah Shem Be'aver, and maybe till seventy seven still be in the base majors. That wouldn't be such a wouldn't be such a bad thing. I couldn't shout You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.